Welcome to the Wrestling Headlines NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on Wrestling Headlines YouTube and also available in podcast form later. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. And tonight is a massive night that I'm really excited for. The As I'm going live, the kind of Twitter world is buzzing, or at least my Twitter world, the wrestling Twitter world that I specifically follow, <laughs> buzzing. For Blood and Guts from AW, the other company, the other one, the other one. Uh, they're live in about 55 minutes. I had issues with, I'm still toying about with lights. <laughs> Trying about the best stuff. So uh, yeah, five minutes late, apologies. However, most people listen to this live in the podcast version anyway. So <laughs> I've been pushing the YouTube version, been pushing it. Um, doesn't mean <laughs> loads are going to the uh, YouTube version, but I'm putting effort into it. I've got the lights now. If you're listening to the YouTube version, I've got pretty lights. <laughs> Ring out the warts and all. Anyway, uh, I am live here to talk about NXT, which aired last night and had an an amazing opener and a fantastic ending. I thought the uh, Leon Ruff and Swerve absolutely brought it. I get to that. Uh, I get to that after this match, actually. And but I thought the main event for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships: Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I thought it was amazing, especially after the day before. I'm watching Monday Night Raw. And I see their women's tag team championship in a nothing title match that meant nothing but got the champions on TV. That was the only reason for existing about two, three minutes, a absolutely nothing match where the challengers got a championship match by losing to the champions in the previous match. Which was like, well, what, why are they challenging again? <laughs> so it was... But then to go from that to this, my God... Again, what I repeat for SmackDown, they're the same bleeding company. And I know NXT has been like been like a, a massively leaps ahead of the main roster before, but just watching the two, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, what is that from? And Jesus wept. <laughs> That's a reference to something, but I can't remember what. Oh, this was an absolutely fantastic main event. And the perfect way to then send you in to uh, Blood and Guts tonight as, as a wrestling fan, if the hype train keeps rolling, I just get more and more excited. And like I started off this week with uh, Osprey vs Shingo Takagi uh, in New Japan. An awful roar. <laughs> absolutely To say that those two things aired on the same day. An absolutely awful, uh, I say, continued awful roar. And then a solid NXT with bookended with two amazing matches. And for me, that's what really elevates this off of last week. I apologise to James Boyd from <laughs> One Nation Radio joining me last week. Uh, last week, I gave him an, I had him come on for a nothing building block show. This week, two killer matches, the opening and the closing match. So, oh, yeah, so let's talk about this one. Uh, Moon and Blackheart defending their championships against LeRae and Hartwell. I guess some of the stories going into this. Uh, Indy and LeRae were getting ready uh, earlier in the show in their locker room, just continuing the thing of Candice LeRae, just hiding the fact that Loomis really does care for Indy Hartwell. She's fawning over the boy, but... LeVay doesn't want anything to do with that. Maybe selfishly in terms of being able to either control her or in terms of getting championships. She needs Hartwell on her side for the championship match. So 
She continues to hide the Loomis scatterings around the lot of room. The scatterings of love, phrasing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they're continuing to build that eventual blow up. But for now, LeRae's tactics are working to the point that they've become champions. It was NXT, so I do trust they're going somewhere with it. And eventually Hart was going to find out what LeRae's been doing. And that will break her heart more than anything ever, ever anyone else ever could. Uh, but as for now, we have new NXT Tag Team Champions. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, the, for me, a really strong kind of next step for that little art they're doing. Uh, but yeah, in the match itself, as Shotzi Kruger and Ember Voorhees uh, taking the fight fast to the challengers after their cupcake attack last week. No fights, he lights down announcement. They tried, I like that, when the lights went down and that's when Shotzi and Ember attacked. A nice little touch. Immediately into ringside, kerfuffling with tables, chairs, fire extinguishers and all. And... Out of the four of them, for me, this really felt like Hartwell's biggest breakout. That Shotzi continued to be crazy, <laughs> crashing to the outside, and a senton through Larray on a ladder. That has a mental bump to watch. It, it, it got more mental. <laughs> Ember, with that always awesome aggression and the athleticism, actually like drove her ass through a table after flying around with drop kicks moments before. Like not forgetting the linchpin in Larray. Trying every, like just tying everything together. Uh, she herself got an awesome spot with her own line salt onto a ladder that was held up by Indy. That looked great. And uh, Crazy Shotzi elevating her offense by, as I said, the ladder spot earlier wasn't the crazy one. Elevating her offense by climbing the scaffold beam to splash on down through the announce desk, uh, which Indy was on top of. And you thought, oh, what heart was that then? She's taken out. But. As Shotzi stepped in later to stop Larray crashing Ember out on a table on the outside, Hartwell then ran in and hit an amazing <laughs> step up kind of into a springboard off the top rope and crashed through the moon and table herself. Uh, Larray then caught the distracted green-haired warrior with the brass knuckles before stomping her face onto a chair. Great main event, awesome hectic fun. They were just like my favourite spots of it, seemingly were the major big spots of the uh, kind of structure of the match, so that's a good sign. <laughs> and just the, for me, like the little notes as well, because there's been something about the Moon and Blackheart team where they've been way stronger than I predicted them to be. They felt in a way, when they first formed, it was like, oh, this is going to be temporary, you're going to build to maybe a slightly more heel Ember Moon, even though she can still be a main character because it's NXT, I trust them to do that. And then you can kind of have her and Shotzi feud, but the way the team's gone on, it doesn't feel like there's any need to do any of that. And this is not the main roster. You don't have to split them up for reasons. They can go separate ways for a bit, but feels like they've still got legitimate beef with the title winners. And if you kind of book your stuff with purpose, I don't mind rematches as much. <laughs> as in, this does not scream it's being made up week to week. And so I don't mind as much. Like, I don't know, you're half decently telling me a story. I'm not going to get as nitty gritty into, oh, I don't repeat matches. It's like, uh, I mean... If he doesn't feel tired, it doesn't feel tired. But this was an amazing main event, and the women absolutely killed it. It's one of sing that phases once again, and just again the night and day between the Monday Night Raw offering and this one, and it's just like oh, it was so good. <laughs> and the fact it was a street fight as well, just let the women go out there and just go just balls the horse crazy spots. Uh, yeah, an amazing main event. A hundred percent. Check this out if you've got any energy left after blood and guts. <laughs> That's airing after I do this review. Uh, I, I, I'm still not undecided whether I'm going to watch it live. I don't know. I've I've got a karma tomorrow, so maybe it's never wise. <laughs> it's never wise to stay up during the week. Do your thing. But yeah, an amazing main event, and I 
Uh, can't really like nothing on next week kind of has me as excited as this week as this match kind of whilst I was watching it. I was like sometimes I'd be thinking, oh, this awesome match is next week. You've got this title match, that title match. I was just thinking this street fight is by far the right now the most exciting thing in NXT. Uh, so kudos to them. In a breakout moment for Indy Hartwell as well, having a performance like that. Breakout moment. <laughs> yeah, but again, the fact that this one it had the vets in Moon and LeRae, but it really shone a light on Shotzi and, M- and uh, Indy Hartwell. So massive applause for this match. It just absolutely succeeded in every department. Well done. <laughs> well done. And now I'm getting like looking forward to what's going to happen with the new champions. Yes, there is the criticism of... These women's tag belts have already changed hands twice. We're on our third champions already. And it's really not existed that long. Like two months and we've had three champions in that time. That said, uh, it's weird. It doesn't feel like it does on the main roster. Because yes, you've changed hands a lot. It'd be nice to get a longer reign. And this, again, this title reign feels like it feeds into the current Loomis storyline with Hotwell and Ray having that kind of clash moment being built to. But maybe they might still end up being the longest champion so far. <laughs> it's not a massive kind of leap they're going to be uh, beat there. Uh, yeah, but that means that there is a story reason for them to get beaten rather than just like hot potatoing stuff about for no apparent reason. So, no, no, no. Like, a storyline reason they won it can be a storyline reason they lost it as long as it all flows together, which it currently seems to be. Uh, so, round of applause. <laughs> that, they're somehow making me care in the Hartwell Loomis stuff, but it's the way that it entangles with the way. And now when we tag titles, I mean, like, I'm going to sneeze. But no, no. Worst case scenario. <laughs> it's gone away. Now I could sneeze at any moment with no setup. Oh, you've been warned. But yes, for the rest of the show, uh, the yellow brand continues to build. I wasn't massively enthralled with the, like, middle portion of this show. There's stuff within there that I love and I really, really rate. But there's there's a lot of stuff which is fine. It's fine. It's, it's building block stuff I can't really get much into but it's not really it's not negatives either it just means the overall turn of the show isn't blowing you away <laughs> from end to finish it was bookended with amazingness so that means if i have my sip of game of thrones tea mm. do i need a new more state mug <laughs> but the show started with a goddamn fantastic opener so just after i'm seeing the plaudits of the main event match this the opening match was just as <laughs> fantastic uh, falls count anywhere. Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. A feud that has brought the aggression, ruthless aggression, like almost since they've really started uh, doing this feud together. As, as the animosity is built, it's just every time they've been together, you, you just feel it. And they said it really well. And it's like this feud has really, really helped both of these characters because Leon Ruff was pretty much a joke in the Johnny Gargano storyline. Here, he's been given so much character muscle to flex off of this. And I, I saw some complaints on Twitter, like, oh, they're having the Blueface guy do heel stuff. It's like, well, for me, he's showing the necessary aggression to prove that he's not, like, this weak loser character who, ha- who somehow fights afterwards and wins. Like, no, he's willing to go to that aggressive manner. He uses his, like, wrestling, <laughs> wrestling evil acumen. Like, he's there for a reason. He's got, he's got something about him. There's a reason that he is there uh, in NXT. And he can bring that aggression. So... Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff for me. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, Ruff launched himself in full emotion and Swerve read it all. <laughs> he just read all of it in the first half of this match. And I really like that story. Just going into break of Ruff t- trying again and again to just launch at him and 
like Swerve was just with brutal counters. I'll <laughs> just say as well. Just like again and again. Like like I've worded it as a Jesus <laughs> off his shoulders onto the ring apron, followed by a Jesus <laughs> into the barricade. A unique ad break cut as Swerve launched a toolbox, only just missing the lad, <laughs> who was then pulling a cartoon, oh my god, <laughs> just like, oh my god, thanks to his like, whole life flashes before his eyes in the, in the form of a red toolbox. <laughs> but, uh, yep, after the break, we got to see a bit more Tough Rough as he fought back and got into the match, like, Hell, like the first big spot after they came back was Leon reversing into a crucifix off the top. Just and that's oh, that's a scary bump for <laughs> Swerve to take on his shoulders. At the second, a reverse Varna off the apron, like <laughs> bloody hell, that's <laughs> Jesus. At the toolbox, then came back to haunt Swerve as Ruff swung it at the man's knee. Great to see the little baby face that could reverting to something more vicious. Again, I don't like. I personally like graying it a little bit. It's not so cookie cutter. Whereas, like, no, he's willing to, he hates the guy so much, he's willing to go to that slightly darker place. And it's like, yeah, like, sell me on the violence. I, I'm fine with that. It's great stuff. It's, a, it's only because, like, WWE conditioned us off this, what a bad guy does, this is what a good guy does. Meaning, it's so difficult to muddy the waters well, because it just feels like you've not got any faces, <laughs> really. But NXT, again, so separate from the main roster, it's not the same issues. They can do this. Uh, but yeah, almost as if in spite of his size, there's a reason... His fight got him to NXT in kayfabe. It's like, we've seen it. He's willing to go that far. Uh, cut a city from rough in the end as he climbs to greater heights in succession, ending with him flying off the camera balcony right onto Faux Latter's arms. <laughs> Sorry, AJ Francis. Um, I, I, I wrote Faux Latter. I like, I know his name. I know his name. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll always be calling him Faux Latter. Purely because in the VTRs beforehand, they have had AJ Francis in the background there's a really nice little subtle teaser where he was wearing the jacket that he wore out tonight. But he was part of the blurred background. It's like, oh, so he's kind of part of... He's human, but he's practically set dressing. No, that was telling you he's got a crew. And they turned up tonight. But, because he was, uh, like, mixing music or something <laughs> behind him. It's like, no, it's faux latter. <laughs> faux latter. Uh, anyway, Swerve, with a little help from his friends, steals the win with a JML after Ruff's fire had him out on his feet earlier, but AJ Francis with the save. So, uh, do I call him AJ Folata? I think I'll go with that. <laughs> I think I'll go with that. The big muscle man. Yeah, coming to save his friend. Yeah, fantastic main event, and I liked how... Sometimes I don't always like the like your ending involving like a, like a slightly screwy finish, but for me, that's fine because of what they did last week. And I was like, oh, I like that. And I don't know if everyone would have definitely picked up on it. It's just because me taking the piss out of <laughs> out of uh, Francis last week, being in the background calling for a letter, that, I, that means there's a memory of, I know he was there. And then when I see that this week, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You told me they were part of it. You, t- they, you visually told me he had friends and a crew. Now you like more blatantly told me it. But I had already been told it. I just kind of just dismissed it as set dressing. But it wasn't. It was important. And I like that. I like that. Uh, after that, we got Asher Hale versus Cameron Grimes. That was our next matchup. Big money, Grimes! The country bar out of water! <laughs> With a wee little showcase. Do I have to stop that accent? <laughs> With a wee little showcase of a match. Like, Hale with a fair bit of offence, ruining the business. But the end, in the end, he fell to the cave-in. Again, it was pretty much a job match, just showcasing Grimes. And it's, for me, there's like a nice little reminder that NXT really has been showing off their like 
old identity this year. Like this match, where it's, it's it's just a little character performance for Grimes against a jobber, he wins. You weren't really getting these matches last year, or at least in the second half of it, especially. Seemingly like like they thought every segment had to have maximum effort and really sing and be this massive thing. And even though they weren't in competition, that's what the show felt like to me. And I mean, that's that's me doing the phrase of they weren't in competition. But but why were? How come the show felt like that then? <laughs> All of the segments have to be this massive delivering thing. Now you got this. All the better for it, for me. Like, long term, these are the kind of things that really do help make you care. Like, these little character showcases of sorts. Uh, also, we then went to Cameron Grimes later. And before, it was the segment right before the main event. Grimes went out to the club. Yes, WWE lives in this weird world where the pandemic doesn't exist. There are so many segments just pretending the world's that normal. Uh, claiming he's rented out the VIP room at this club. But he's told by the bouncer, like, that's what I am. And he's told, well, the whole building's been rented out for the evening by somebody else. It's, it's, damn you, Deddy Biasi! <laughs> I just, uh, uh, I, I, I love this whole thing. And him telling him, like, you don't just rent a booth when you can buy the whole place. <laughs> it's just, yes, oh, I oh, love it. I, I love everything about this. <laughs> and the fact it's not a one-off thing either. That was my worry, that they did the cameo. And that was it. It's like, oh no, like Dead Day he's back again. <laughs> he's he's gonna be a running gag. Like, yeah. They've not if they do this every single week, they're in the territory of WWEing a joke. That said, two, two weeks in, love it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, Cameron Guys Ted DiBiase. I love it. Uh yeah, talking about lovely things. Grizzle doing veterans as an Englishman, how could I not love that team? Versus Champa and Thatcher. And it, just to prove <laughs> how great Gibson is, just the line of, no one needs to see your dirty webbed toes, so put your Crocs back on. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know which part is the bigger insult <laughs> in that one. Like, oh, Gibson's so great. Uh, the Ingus lads, though, were in for a beating against the hard-hitting fellas of Champion Thatcher, who were cheekily utilising Barrett's shoe to clobber Gibson and lock him down into a submission victory in the end. Uh, but yeah, it was... Like, it was good veterans seemingly trying to fend off that beating, and eventually it came via a little bit of cheeky shoe play. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Champion Thatcher scoring the win on top of them. So it, 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 I, I would say that sometimes that having Thatcher and Champion win right here, it's like, well, where's the intrigue in this feud now? But I guess the intrigue is when Grizzledian veterans have been kind of embarrassed a little bit, and they then re-step up. That's my thinking. As in, this wasn't a number one contender. It's not, not immediately going to Champa Thatcher, especially as we've got Legado de Fantasma challenging MSK, so they're busy there. But yeah, we get to see this kind of building in the background, and now we get to see Grizzled Infections. What's their retaliation to being embarrassed like that? Obviously, it wasn't super clean, given there was the shoe <laughs> on the baby faces. Uh, yeah. Yeah, solid, like two damn solid teams. And I feel like I automatically just love and enjoy any segment with the your veterans in. I think the world of them. I still do. After all these years, <laughs> I still do. Uh, NXT champion Karrion Cross was then out. The champion dapper with wisdom in his smart decor. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly stepping up with his calm demeanour. About a commentary saying he's looking slick. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry, is he? <laughs> is he looking slick? Is that what slick looks like? <laughs> Times have changed. Times have changed. Uh, apparently Slick involves a visitor. Uh, Pete Dunne cut him off. He's a baddie that says he doesn't care about other people a lot. 
then finally Finn Balor also cutting Pete Dunne off. He returns with a straightforward strike to the champion's face. Uh, so either we're getting a four-way or number one contender's triple threat on the horizon. Both are fine with me. Uh, security separating Cross and Balor in particular, which made me lean more to the number one contender side, unless we just started two separate feuds here. Before... The champion's opponent next week in the way jumped in for a surprise attack as Kerry Cross faces Austin Theory next week. It taking both Gargano and Theory to ground the man, the North American champion lamping the NXT champion. So, like, oh, how lovely. They've set up like three things at once here. You've got Cross versus Theory for next week, and maybe that's building to champion versus champion at some point. You've also got Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. You've got Kyle O'Reilly versus Karrion Cross and Pete Dunne, possibly. Uh, uh, Cross, I feel like, is in this place where he can face a heel. Then also, you've got Dunne versus O'Reilly as well. It's like, oh, you set up so much in that <laughs> little segment. Like, oh, well done. Well done to you. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, talking about, again, another little solid thing as a helicopter goes over my house. I do live near an army base, so it happens every now and again. Uh, Saray versus Zayda Ramirez, and all of a sudden, we've got a match between two new arrivals who both won their debut matches. It's like, oh, that's what a nice little circumstance. Like, one entering with a world of hype in the Japanese superstar, the other as a jobber, catching everybody by surprise. Obviously, con this was continuing the build of the Japanese star, but it was a pleasant little title match coming together, just coming together here. It's like, oh, that is a little circumstance you don't very often get <laughs> so that was nice uh, after a more competitive debut against Zoe Stark though this was more of a showcase of what Saray's capable of and uh, like beautiful suplexes awesome drop kicks with torque uh, Sarai winning with that devastating looking, looking Saito and yeah and after the break we got immediately into like a, the next little story beat as Sarai was shaking Zayda's hand backstage Storm charged in for like a heel baddie message or a beat up or something but Zoe Stark was there to cut her off at the door it's like oh smart baby faces like how nice like <laughs> Zoe Stark was there expecting Tony Storm to come in and set to send a message because she's a heel and therefore her actions are slightly predictable so it makes sense that if we the audience can predict it shows so should the heroes that were meant to be kind of embracing this world via it's like yeah it, that makes sense <laughs> Zoe Stark being there it was like yeah cause we'd expect Tony Storm to do that therefore so would they <laughs> good stuff good stuff and uh, yeah that's assumedly immediately sets up Tony Storm versus um, as Zoe Stark forgot her name for a second but also very subtly set up Zoe Stark versus like Sarai because again she's going there assumably to, to have a message with Zayda Ramirez so you got that rematch You've got Zoe Stark match, and you've got Savai, who was also there. Assuming you got that going too as well. Oh, this like two segments in a row, just set up so much <laughs> going forward. It's just the polar opposite to a Monday. It's like I'm, I'm just watching this going. Oh, he set up that. He gives me the potential of that. It feels like a good start, subtle build to then move to the next thing afterwards. It's like, oh, just yeah, it's all solid. <laughs> it's just um, again after complaining so much in 2020 and just falling out of love with the brand, really. To the point, it was like I was covering two shows I wasn't really that invested in. Now I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying NXT, it, and it's, it's great. It's nice. <laughs> I can be positive about NXT. How nice is that? And then I wake up on a Wednesday, and I, I enjoy an AEW Dynamite like to the moon. <laughs> so it's yeah, yeah. Really, it's just raw. Like raw makes me hate wrestling. Like I just I don't enjoy watching. I don't enjoy Tuesday mornings like at all. 
but like the rest of the world is it's really strong right now anyway it's a great sign to see that like as we leave this kind of era and like double or nothing getting announced as having a full crowd at full sale to which immediately just like oh that's awesome that can happen but also it's florida so did it really the safety really matter <laughs> but it's aw they've been taking it pretty serious when they've been doing stuff um but still it's florida i'm not really sure what kind of message it sends like should i be applauding oh you got to that stage awesome or you ran a show regardless because you're florida <laughs> you know yeah we'll see uh, anyway, after that, we got one of my favourite moments that made me laugh during the show. It wasn't meant to, but it was Walter's Imperium Zoom call meeting. <laughs> they all just sat there all seriously as Walter gives out his instructions uh, via uh, the the band meeting. Uh, I'm just gathering all here to, uh, you know what you're doing, Wolfie? <laughs> it just, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. Uh, we don't know really what the message is, but we'll find out. We'll find out. It's serious enough to deliver via Zoom. He, he couldn't, like, wait to travel. No, no, no. No, no, no. And uh, I would call this, like, the lower point of the show. Because after that, it was kind of like... It felt like building blocks. But this really cemented it continued to be, be that kind of thing. Just character showcases, in a way. And setting up a match for next week. Which then led to, like, a flurry of more matches being, like, getting their fancy graphics. But uh, we've got LA Knight versus Jake Atlas. Knight talking shit before immediately getting caught in a two and arm drag. Just, I think I really like that about his character. He talks with all the confidence in the world, but he more survives into a win than he does via pure skill. Like out Atlas out wrestled him, just like from the bell, just immediately into an arm drag. But Knight finds a way, and he's spending most of the match countering, and eventually. Like, just ducking a spin kick into a slamming Atlas's... And slamming Atlas's head down into the mat with the BFT. And he gets the win. But he's, like, he's not convincing during the match. He feels incredibly beatable. But this can't... It doesn't happen. He just keeps... He just finds a way to survive or just escapes. And he keeps countering. And eventually he gets the win. And I think I like that kind of character going forward, especially as he kind of he can go into the North American Championship kind of title reign with that kind of character, I reckon. Because Jake, uh, sorry, any night for me, he doesn't scream the kind of NXT star to be a main event kind of level guy. I mean, you never know. Like everybody said that about the Miz, and he kind of reminds me about that in that he's so incredibly strong on the mic, and then being fine <laughs> in the ring, but he. I feel like this kind of style complements him really well. Uh, kind of, yeah, let's see where this goes. I feel like solid North... I mean, you can try North American Championship, and if it really works there, you can try elevating it higher. But for me, right now, this kind of stuff, you, know, you can have a really good feud with Bronson Reed once he beats Johnny Gargano, assumably. That's what I do. <laughs> Gargano's had a great reign. Just uh, and maybe what we saw this week was not setting up champion versus champion, but setting up Gargano to face Cross in the future. As in, you're starting to think about taking the title off him, start setting up for you to, to make that feel as organic as possible when he does lose it. It's, oh, suddenly I'm realising, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Another great piece of, like, just planting the seeds to then move forward with. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Anyway, and the last thing to talk about is, I've got two more things to talk about, actually. I've got like, two matches being set up. And it's not the uh, hottest way to end a review. And because it's NXT, this is like by far way, way shorter. And yes, I'm doing everything I can. Because <laughs> again, aside from the two uh, two like bookended matches on the show, pretty much just a building block show. Not that much to talk about. I reckon if I had James here, this review would be under an hour. <laughs> just like there's not that much to talk about from the bulk of the show because it was continuing to set stuff up. 
But Legado de Fantasma, they come out. Santos Escobar with a me we monologue for us, not a me monologue <laughs> for us. Kushida's legacy, pretty much the point of it was, Kushida's legacy won't ho hold up like Escobar's. Uh, Wilder Mendoza with a familiar message to MSK, uh, a similar little thing put out there. Like, hey, for me, that was that bit there was just nice for like the other faction members to get some mic time. Makes them feel equally as important, or at least more important than just backing guys who happen to have a match. It's like, no, they got they got to deliver some lines to uh, When Kushida appears on the wall behind them, asking for Escobar to challenge him next week, and he obliges. So we have our Cruiserweight Championship next set up for next week, as well as Austin Theory versus Karen Cross, and if I might, also uh, Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez, which was the next thing to be set up. As in, it's... The NXT Women's uh, Tag Team Championship main event was so solid that I'm just like, I'm in, I'm in. And when I'm saying there's all those matches set for next week, you got two championship matches. I was like, yeah, but this women's main event was so solid that <laughs> somehow um, I don't care as much about what Gonzalez Martinez because I enjoyed this match so much. And really, that, that's good because presumably uh, when I get to next week's show, they'll do a decent job making me care about that one as well because they did for the women's tag here. So, yeah, good stuff. But we had our final build for Gonzalez versus Martinez via a video chat semi-mediated by Beth Phoenix. Like I thought it was going to be. She posed the question, but she she was essentially playing the role of like the WWE interviewer where they are in this segment, essentially a non-character, just kicking off the vignette or video for the actual characters to do their thing. And, uh, yeah, this was Beth mediating, kind of. More launching into them, <laughs> talking to each other. A champion and challenger call between Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez. Long story short, they both think they're great and that the other isn't. They don't have as much respect. Like, both, both are two people who have garnered respect, but this was them breaking down why they don't regard that as a reason to respect them. And they both had that, but both of them had solid reasons to take each other down. From the, you can tell it's from their own point of view as well. And for me, the reason why it works is because, like, outside of this feud, both of them have garnered a lot of respect. So for those, for each individual character to go, yeah, but you've not got respect from me, though, and this is why. It's like, oh, solid stuff. Just, yeah, solid little build to what you're going to be doing next week in the championship match. And, yeah, it's confirmed for next week as well, as well as the Cruiserweight Championship. And as well as Cross destroying Theory. <laughs> but so much was set up on this show. So I feel like last week felt like a building block show. But I wouldn't say like so many segments set stuff up. I've got me excited for something in the future. Uh, as in like last week, it didn't do that great a job for getting me that excited for the main event. I was excited for Rough vs Swerve. But that was more because of what has come before. Like, I really like Swerve's promo from last week. Turns out it foreshadows something, and that makes me like it even more. Uh, but yeah, the main event, it was like, well, you attack them with the cupcakes and stuff. I thought that was a bit more weird, but the match itself was so good. <laughs> then over here, we've got Mikel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez. And like, you've been building this up for ages on this particular show. Felt a little bit less of important just because of how well on the show itself they maybe care about the Street Fight main event. I'm assuming by the end of next week, I'm going to be singing and raving <laughs> about how I how into Gonzalez versus Martinez I got. But yeah, I feel like we're going to be on a string of a couple of weeks of strong NXTs. Especially as this show built up and set up so many things to then kind of look forward to for the future, near future, next week. It's like a really, really strong episode for me. It doesn't mean 
like from start to finish, it had the best, like the best, most exciting segments of wrestling from start to finish. But every single one kind of had a point, set something up, uh, kind of got us ready for next week as well, and put things, sowed seeds as well. It's a really, really solid episode of NXT, and it's a joy <laughs> to get to talk about it <laughs> after another Raw that just has me not liking this, like this wrestling thing. Obviously, I'm not a normal level of fan <laughs> in terms of this, but the fact that I uh, leave Raw hating wrestling and I've left NXT going, nope, I'm back, and, and what really helps as well is just like in the background whilst I'm doing this, it's like, yeah, the wrestling world is so excited for blood and guts that there's an energy <laughs> about the place that like, oh yes and i can't wait to then leave the happy time of doing this to go into a completely different kind of getting amped up and excited so yeah the wrestling world it's not just wwe the wrestling world is feels pretty strong apart from raw <laughs> which is awful <laughs> it continues to be awful uh, you talk, you talk, you're comparing it to the like the lowest rated generations going is this the worst I don't think it is, but the fact we're doing that kind of says something. Anyway, that's the end of the NXT review. What did you make of the main event? Feel free to hit me up in the comments. I'll try and respond. And us both on the Investing Headlines website and here on YouTube. Uh, Also, on Twitter, you can follow me at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. Also, on Twitch, I'm just trying to stream as regularly as possible. That is the implications with an S. I made affiliate. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who has followed in that. Anyway, NXT was great. On to blood and guts. Can't wait. As I'm speaking, it's about 20 minutes away. <laughs> so, I'm going to go. <laughs> He's going to go get ready. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for watching, liking, subscribing, star- uh, starving, reviewing if it's the podcast version and whatever. All goes appreciated. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.